Alrighty <laughs> then. Alrighty. <laughs> You're listening to Dark and Creepy Things with Frank Fr- and Scout. Frank and Scout. Frank and Scout. Yeah. 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 What's this, episode 17? Uh, yep. Yeah. I believe this is episode 17. 17. We've been doing 17. Yeah. That's like, th- that's like four months now. Yeah. And we're nearly up to 300 all time. All time. 300? No, 800. I was going to say, we surpassed 300 ages ago. 800 all time downloads. I wonder what's going to happen when we hit 1,000. I don't know. I don't know. We might hit 1,000 by Christmas break. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, for our listeners, we're planning on having a bit of a break while we we are actually going on holidays. Yeah. Slash our honeymoon in, in December. For those of you who don't know, we're getting married in less than two weeks. Oh, well. Yeah. Dark and creepy wedding. Wedding. <laughs> um, yeah, less than two weeks. Yeah, less than two weeks. You'll be my wife. And my, you'll be my husband. 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 Uh, saying thank you to our regular patrons. Yes, bitten by the bug. Uh, Francis and, and Maya slash H bomb. Thanks, mum. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Thanks, mum. Bitten by the bug. Bitten by the bug. All right. Alrighty. Alrighty. Your turn. My turn. I've got for you mm. a person. A person? A person. John Harvey Kellogg. Have you heard oh, of this person? Oh, do you mean the guy who made Kellogg's breakfast cereal? Yeah. Yeah, I know about this. Do you know he's a creepy bastard? A creepy bastard? <laughs> yeah, I do know, I know. I know why he made Kellogg's. I don't know any why? more details. Because he made breakfast cereal to stop people from masturbating. Oh, partly why. It's, it's like you give give kids your Kellogg cereal and, and stop them from being sinners. I don't know. No, it was, we'll find out more. Let's okay. find out more. Okay, let's find out more. John Harvey Kellogg, MD. He's a medical doctor. Yeah, February 26, 1852 to December 14, 1943, was an American medical doctor, nutritionist, inventor, health activist, and businessman. Mm, I don't like any of those things smushed together. <laughs> I know. I don't like when you get medical doctor and you smush it with businessman. Nope. Nutritionist and inventor. Yeah. Nope. He was the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm. The sanitarium was founded by members of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Mm. It combined aspects of a European spa, a hydrotherapy institution, a hospital, and a high-class hotel. <laughs> Kellogg treated both the rich and famous and the poor who could not go to other hospitals. <laughs> okay. Disagreements with other members of the church led to a major schism within the denomination. Kellogg was disfellowshipped, in quotation marks, disfellowshipped, okay. in 1907, but continued to follow many Adventist beliefs and directed the sanitarium until his death in 1943. Kellogg also helped to establish the American Medical Missionary College. The college, founded in 1895, operated until 1910 when it merged with Illinois State University. Cool. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> you listening? Keep going. Uh, I've got the interesting shit yet. <laughs> Kellogg was a major leader in progressive health reform, particularly in the second phase of the clean living movement. He wrote extensively on science and health. Clean living movement sounds like something <laughs> that would be like around now. Like yeah. it's no, like it's like like the raw vegan shit. Like yeah. we're gonna have we raw vegans. Like the raw to... vegan movement. The clean living movement it sounds well, very similar. Let's read on, shall we? <laughs> 
Go on. <laughs> His approach to biologic living, in quotation marks, biologic living. What? combined scientific knowledge with Adventist beliefs, promoting health reform, temperance, and sexual abstinence. Mm. Kellogg was an early proponent of the new germ theory of disease mm. and well ahead of his time in relating intestinal flora and the presence of bacteria in the intestines to health and disease. The sanitarium approached treatment in a, in a holistic manner, actively promoting vegetarianism, nutrition, the use of enemas to clear intestinal flora, exercise, sunbathing, hydrotherapy, and abstention from smoking tobacco, drinking alcoholic beverages, and sexual activity. Maybe Probably. I am Kellogg. No! You don't exercise. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> what a jerk! I was gonna... <laughs> I'm not usually an asshole. I'm sorry. Um, see, there's I a drink alcohol. Yeah, you do drink alcohol. To I be, used, on- I used to not drink alcohol. Yeah, though. true. To be honest, though, most of that sounds alright, except for maybe the enemas. And the, uh, the enema? No, not all the time. I don't oh, know anyone who goes. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have an enema this week. Well, I I grew up with that. And what's you grow up with someone having an enema every week? Pretty much. And. Yeah, wait and until next month when I have my, col- my colonoscopy, colonoscopy is different to, though. It's yeah. for a medical procedure. It's not for your health. Quotation marks. Okay, can I read on? Yes. <laughs> Many of the vegetarian foods that Kellogg developed and offered his patients were publicly marketed. Kellogg is best known today for the invention of the breakfast cereal cornflakes with his brother, Will Keith Kellogg. His creation of the modern breakfast cereal changed the American breakfast landscape forever. The American breakfast landscape. <laughs> that's funny. Can you let me read? I'm sorry, that's just a funny <laughs> set of words to put together. All right, so this is a pretty lengthy um, article, Wikipedia article. So do, oh, of course, like as usual, I'll put the link in the episode. John Harvey Kellogg married Ella Ervilia Eaton. <laughs> Eaton. Eaton. Yeah. E-A-T-O-N. Yeah. Eaton is a place in England. Okay. Yeah, but it's just funny because Kellogg's in Eaton. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's Eaton. actually a dessert called Eaton Mess. Yeah, E-A-T-O-N. Yeah, I know. Yes. That's where their name comes from. Yeah. Um, from, and she was from New York. In 1879, they got married. Kellogg followed Adventist views in favour of celibacy. The couple maintained separate bedrooms and did not have any biological children. However, they were foster parents to 42 children, legally adopting at least seven of them before Ella died in 1920. The adopted children included Agnes Grace, Elizabeth, John William, Iveline Maud, Paul Alfred, Robert Moffat, and Newell Carey. In 1937, Kellogg received an honorary honorary degree in Doctor of Public Service Hmm. from Oglethorpe University. He adopted, well, adopted, fostered 42 42 children. And and legally adopted at least seven of them. Wow. Yeah. Kellogg Kellogg died on December 14, 1943 in Battle Creek, Michigan. He was buried... I can hear you yawning. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was buried in Oak Hill Cemetery in Battle Creek, Michigan. Among others buried there are his parents, his brother, W.K. Kellogg, his brother's wife, um, James White, Ellen G. White, so the White family. The White family, that, yep. Yeah, pushed him into going to medical school. He wasn't buried with his wife. No, I was not. Oh, that's sad. Hmm. Battle Creek Sanitarium. 
Kellogg was a Seventh Day Adventist until midlife, and oh, until midlife, really? Apparently, must have changed. Uh, and gained fame while being the chief medical officer of the Battle Creek Sanitarium, which was owned and operated by the Seventh Day Adventist Church. The sanitarium was operated based on the church's health principles. Adventists believe in promoting a vegetarian diet, abstinence from alcohol and tobacco, and a regimen of exercise, all of which Kellogg followed. He is remembered as an advocate of vegetarianism and wrote in favour of it even after leaving the Adventist church. His dietary advice in the late 19th century discouraged meat eating, but not emphatically so. His development of a bland diet was driven in part by the Adventist goal of reducing sexual stimulation. So apparently if you eat a bland diet, you won't want to have sex. I have heard that. Mm. In, in Buddhist culture, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, creepers, Buddhist culture, I think they avoid things like garlic and yeah, onion yeah. because and alcohol because yeah. it stimulates too much energy or something, or mm. it's overstimulating or something to do with that. Um, so yeah, I can understand where that sort of view comes from because it's yeah. not the first place I've heard it. No. Okay. So speaking of sex, Kellogg was especially strong prop- proponent of nuts, which he believed. <laughs> I was trying to work out your link to the sex uh, bit there. Which he believed would save mankind in the face of decreasing food supplies. Though mainly renowned nowadays for his development of cornflakes, Kellogg also invented a process for making peanut butter. Oh, yeah. And developed healthy granos. How do you spell granos? Granos biscuit? Yeah, granos. Granos? What is that? Granos. Like granular? Grainy? Okay, granos. Biscuits, which became popular as far away as Australia and England. They don't mean the digestives, do they? Yeah, probably the digestive biscuits. Digestive biscuits. The Battle Creek Sanitarium had its own experimental kitchen. There, Ella Eaton Kellogg, his wife, Mm. helped to develop vegetarian foods and supervised, in quotation marks, a school of cookery, which taught classes in food preparation for homemakers. Mm. She published a cookbook, Science in the Kitchen, as you do. <laughs> oh, like I thought something. you're going to get mad about the science What's in the kitchen. Because you know what? <clears throat> cooking and baking is science. I'm not even joking. Not my version of cooking. I know. Your version is very annoying and inac- <gasps> inaccurate. Do I not make amazing food? You do make amazing food. But fuck, there's a reason why it has half a cup of X and so and so. I agree with that for baking purposes. Okay. You definitely need to follow ingredients because that shit is science. For cooking, <laughs> for cooking like... On no savory food and stuff, or stuff that isn't baking, you need to go with it. You need to feel the food. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do that with my chemicals in the lab because I'd die. (laughs) Okay, she published a cookbook site in the kitchen containing hundreds of recipes, along with discussions of nutrition and household and diet management. Some of its inventive vegetarian recipes used use food products created at the sanitarium, such as nuttoline, a meat pate made from peanuts. Is that why the... Nuttoline. You know, the sanitariums still make like... Like a sanitarium. Oh, sanitarium. Yes, yes. Oh, I thought it was sort of like the word sanatorium. Yeah, no, no, it is like that. The Battle Creek Sanitarium, but then I'm pretty sure it hasn't actually said here. But it, don't sanitarium, but they're still a brand name that yeah. make food. 
including stuff like nuttoline and nut meat. What's a nuttoline? I've never seen nuttoline It's before. the stuff you get in a tin. Oh. And you know that stuff and it's yep, like yep. a meat, meat paddy, but it's made yep. from, from peanuts, which of course I can't eat. Yes. Um, uh, protose, a combination of nuts and grains, and various types of nut butters. Yeah, sanitarium. Oh, so that's where the brand sanitarium comes from. Must be. Because Kellogg believed that most disease is alleviated by a change in intestinal flora. That bacteria in the intestines can either help or hinder the body. That pathogenic bacteria produce toxins during the digestion of protein that poison the blood. That a poor diet favours harmful bacteria that can then infect other other tissues in the body. That the intestinal flora is changed by diet and, and is generally changed for the better by a well-balanced vegetarian diet, favouring low-protein, laxative, and high-fibre foods. He even recommended various regimens of specific foods designed to heal specific ailments. You got to admit, your so, diet, your body changed quite a bit when you switched from eating meat to vegetarian. I will admit, yes, it did. I did lose a fair bit of weight. However, it did balance itself back out again. So I yeah, do... but I think that's other reason. No, I don't think so. I the think body so. the body operates on a homeostasis, right? So if you change something dramatically, like not eating meat, mm. your body will be out of whack for a while, but then eventually it'll return back to its normal. Yeah. It'll recalibrate its normal. Okay. So while I, I understand and I do agree with some of that, having a specific diet to say I don't know cure a urinary tract infection yeah. or something is not going to work if you've got back if you've got an infection you have to treat it with an that's like yeah people try to tell me to eat certain things or not eat certain things to yeah. cure Crohn's disease yeah um, no no or then people say oh you're depressed eat more of this it's like <laughs> that's not how that shit works right Kellogg further believed that natural changes in intestinal flora could be sped up by enemas seeded with (laughs) favourable bacteria, not flavourable. I thought you were going to say flavoured enemas. Maybe. Gross. He advocated the frequent use of an enema machine. An enema machine? I want an enema machine. An enema. Machine to cleanse the bowel with several gallons of water. Several several gallons for your bum. It's not douching. (laughs) Douching's your vagina or your nose. But (laughs) you can douche your nose. You're a douche. Water enemas were followed by the administration of a pint of yogurt. What? Half was eaten and the other half was administered by enema. Thus planting the protective germs where they are most needed and may render most effective service. I'm not sticking yogurt up my ass. Do it. The it's yogurt, not happening. The yogurt served to replace the intestinal flora of the bowel, creating what Kellogg claimed was a squeaky clean intestine. Sanitarium visitors also engaged in breathing exercises and mealtime marches to promote proper digestion of food throughout the day. That's what we're missing. We need to march after we eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I think it might be before you eat to get the bowels moving and then after you eat but no you gotta do breathing exercises and then march after you eat. oh okay yeah is that what i'm doing wrong is yeah. that i'm doing it backwards exactly okay, okay. because Kellogg... but what the fuck okay sorry <laughs> because Kellogg was a staunch supporter of phototherapy 
the sanitarium made use of artificial sun baths. Right, it's all about sunning as well. I do. It's like all a good about sunning. a good, big, good, like a good little skin cancer. Yeah, I love do myself like, some skin cancer. I do in the like morning. A good sunning. Kellogg was a skilled surgeon who often donated his services to patients at his clinic. Although generally against unnecessary surgery to treat diseases, in his plain facts for old and young, must be a public uh, an article he published. He advocated circumcision as a remedy for local uncleanliness, which he thought could lead to unchastity, formosis, and in small boys, masturbation. He had many notable patients, such as former President William Howard Taft, composer and pianist Percy Granger, Arctic explorers V. Mill Stephenson and Roald Amundsen, world travellers Richard Halliburton and Lowell Thomas, aviator Amelia Earhart, economist Irving Fisher, Nobel Prize winning playwright George Bernard Shaw, actor and athlete Johnny Weissmuller, founder of the Ford Motor Company Henry Ford, inventor Thomas Edison, well, of course he's of course he was friends Edison. of Thomas Edison, African American activist Sojourner Truth, and actress Sarah Bernhardt, oh, of course, okay. That makes so much sense that yeah. him and Thomas Edison were buddy buddy, because Thomas Edison was a prick. Oh, good. John Harvey Kellogg developed and marketed a wide variety of vegetarian foods. Many of them were meant to be suitable for an invalid diet, not invalid. 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 Sick. Sick. Not invalid. Not invalid. (laughs) You're not invalid. And and were intentionally made easy to chew and to digest. Starchy foods such as grains were ground and baked to promote the the conversion of starch into dextrin. Nuts were ground and boiled or steamed. The foods Kellogg's Kellogg developed also tended to be bland. In this, Kellogg followed the teachings of Ellen G. White, one of the whites. So one of the whites, yep. And Sylvester Graham, who recommended a diet of bland foods to minimize excitement, sexual arousal, and masturbation. Breakfast cereals. Around 1877, John H. Kellogg began experimenting to produce a softer breakfast food, something easy to chew. Maybe he had no teeth. He developed developed a dough that was a mixture of wheat, oats, and corn. It was baked at high temperatures for a long period of time to break down or dextrinize starch molecules in the grain. After it cooled, Kellogg broke the bread into crumbs. The cereal was originally marketed under the name Granula. Granula. (laughs) But this led to legal problems with James Caleb Jackson, who already sold a wheat cereal under that name. In 1881, under threat of a lawsuit by Jackson, Kellogg changed the sanitarium cereal's name, see sanitarium, Mm. a capital S, cereal's name, to Granola. It was, Ah. instead of granula, it was granola. Granola. It was used initially by patients at the sanitarium, but slowly began to build up a following among former patients. In 1890, John formed the Sanitas Food Company to develop and market food products. The Kellogg's were best known for the invention of the famous breakfast cereal, cornflakes. The development of the flaked cereal in 1894 has been variously described by those involved. Ella Eaton Kellogg, John Harvey Kellogg, his younger brother Will Keith Kellogg, and other family members. There is considerable considerable disagreement over who was involved in the discovery and the role they played. According to some accounts, Ella suggested rolling out the dome to thin sheets, and John developed a set of rollers for the purpose. According to others, John had the idea in a dream and used equipment in his wife's kitchen to do the rolling. 
It is generally agreed that upon being called out one night, John Kellogg left a batch of wheat berry dough behind. Rather than throwing it out the next morning, he sent it through the rollers and was surprised to obtain delicate flakes, which could then be baked. Will, Col Will Kellogg, the brother, was tasked with figuring out what had happened and recreating the process reliably. Ella and Will were often at odds and their versions of the story tend to minimise or deny each other's involvement while emphasising their own part in the discovery, of course. Of course. The process that Kellogg had discovered, tempering, was to be found fundamental to be a fundamental technique of the flake cereal industry. Medical inventions. Although they are less discussed than his food creations, Kellogg designed and improved upon a number of medical devices that were regularly used at the Battle Creek Sanitarium in surgical operations and in treatment modalities, falling under the term physiotherapy. Quotation marks. Mm, okay. Many of the machines invented by Kellogg were manufactured by the Battle Creek Sanitarium Equipment Company, which was established in 1890. Dr. Kellogg attempted to popularise these treatment methods, including electrotherapy, therapy, hydrotherapy and motor therapy. In his work, The Home Handbook of Domestic Hygiene and Rational Medicine, first published in 1881. Uh, as he specialised in certain gynecolog gynecological surgeries... He specialised in gynecological surgery. <laughs> Why? I always get really sus about men who do only gynecological yeah, yeah. surgery. Like, I understand it must be fascinating, but why? Particularly hemorrhoidectomies and ovariotomies. That's That'll one. be removal of ovaries, Yes, right? exactly. And gastrointestinal surgeries. He developed various instruments for these operations. These included specialised hooks and retractors, a heated operating table, mm. and an aseptic drainage tube used in, um, in abdominal surgery. So this is a, um, <laughs> a bit of an interesting intervention that he had um, and kind of odd and a little bit creepy. Um, there is a vibrating chair that Kellogg invented and apparently you can still go and sit on it. <laughs> Kellogg, Kellogg invented a vibrating chair used to stimulate vital organs in the lower abdomen. Even today, one can visit the Kellogg Discovery Center in Battle Creek, Michigan. Oh, we got to go there. <laughs> and sit on the Kellogg's vibrating chair, which is equipped to mechanically oscillate 20 times per second. Furthermore, Kellogg devised an electrotherapy exercise bed in which a sinusoidal current, is that right? Yep. Sinusoidal current that produced muscular contraction could be, uh, could be delivered without pain for 20 minutes and reported reportedly achieved the, simulate, the stimulation of a brisk four-mile walk. That's similar to some of the, like, 80s exercise yeah. stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Stand the more more and it bubbles yeah, and it bubbles exactly. all your bits and apparently that's about, about, the, about the same amount of exercises doing a walk. Yeah. Must be on the same principle. Yeah. The vibrating um, chair makes me think of the way doctors used to treat hysteria in women back then. This does remind me a lot of the of even the movie Hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Irrigator. In 1936, Kellogg filed a petition for his invention of improvements to an irrigating apparatus particularly adaptable for colonic irrigating, but susceptible of use for other irrigation treatments. End quotation marks. The improved irrigator included features such as measuring the amount of liquid entering and exiting the colon, as well as indicating and regulating the positive pressure of the pumped liquid. At the Battle Creek Sanitarium, these colonic irrigators were often used to shoot gallons of water 
up a patient's rectum into their colon, sometimes followed by a half pint yogurt enema to aid in further clean cleaning. It has been suggested that multiple people would get this treatment at one time. At one time? Apparently. <laughs> okay, everyone, get in the room. We're all going to do your, 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 butt good, um, your butt cleaning. Team bonding. Oh, yeah, okay. Team bonding exercise. We're all going to get our butts clean and then fed with yogurt. Yeah. But you eat half the yogurt and put the what, other but, half but in But still, oh. what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Everything um, else, except for maybe the abstinence bit, sounds pretty much okay. Yeah, I know. But wash out your butt and fill it with yogurt? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Alright, so goes, the article goes on to more about his views on health, so biologic living. Yeah, his belief was that in quotation marks, tobacco has not a single redeeming feature and is one of the most deadly of all the many poisonous plants known to the botanist. Like, he knew that back then. Like, that's yeah, pretty but amazing. But you'd be surprised. Like, people like Nikola Tesla knew back then that I mean, Nikola Tesla was all about wireless electricity, yeah. but he knew the ability for these things to change the world. Mm. People know this shit, but they just don't get acknowledged for it until later when we look back and go, oh yeah, they already knew that. Yeah, but it's really interesting, I guess, from uh, from how I study like media and social culture and all that kind of stuff and how it was tobacco was massively advertised and promoted in the 40s and 50s and even, you know, 60s, uh, even by doctors, right? And then in this book that Kellogg, Kellogg wrote in 1922, Right, right before like all the advertising for it, tobaccoism or how tobacco kills. Like he, Kellogg cited many studies on the negative impacts of smoking. You got to remember though, especially back in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s, the economy was yeah. was the most important thing. Oh, I because know. it was yeah. post-war. Mm. It was Vietnam War. You yeah. got to remember back then. If you could boost the economy in any way, you would do it. And yeah. if that means selling tobacco to people by, and using doctors to get oh, that to yeah, happen... That's the dirty part about those, though, isn't that, it? They're going to do that. Doctors to then, yeah, to do... Oh, but think about how much out. money the doctors Go would Kellogg. be getting for that, though. I know. I don't know. I'm not sold on Kellogg on his yogurt enemas. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Although, Please don't put yogurt up your butt. <laughs> If I'm, I'm not lactose into that. intolerant, like that would kill you. I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> no, you'd be... make me pretty sick. I yeah, think. you would. You'll just yeah. shit it back out again straight yeah, away. Probably. Yeah. No. Oh, this isn't. No, no. Kellogg also opposed tea and coffee due to the caffeine content of those beverages. It's a similar thing to the alcohol, though. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, his view was that caffeine was a poison. Uh, he's not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Is it a poison? I mean, you don't really. I mean. I need it. It's a drug. It is a drug. Kellogg's view was that nature has supplied us with pure water, with a great variety of fruit juices, and wholesome and harmless flavours quite sufficient to meet all our needs. Fuck you, I'm drinking coffee. Though <laughs> um, they do say that a, a, an apple will wake you up better than a cup of coffee will. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah an apple will wake you up faster. <laughs> yeah, nah. Nah. Um, there must wanna... be something else in coffee that we're addicted to, though, because if we knew... It's caffeine. No, but if there's caffeine and stuff like apples and stuff... There's not caffeine in apples. There is. No, there's not. Okay. It's a... <laughs> there's no what's caffeine the, in Why does an there's apple wake else. you up? Look more. it up. There's something else that... Ap- Look it up now. There's okay. something else that wakes you up in apples, and it might even be just the fact that you're eating and it stimulates yeah, your metabolism. Like, um, did you work out what... Apparently, it's because of the amount of sugar. Ah, the amount of sugar that apples have in them naturally, yeah. as well as the amount of vitamins that apples have in their skin. Right. 
So, yeah. Not so it's mention, not caffeine. Like, the whole chewing action as well. Yeah, it all stimulates your, your gut. Yeah. It's chewing, the action of chewing stimulates yeah. your gut to do stuff. Exactly. Which is why if you chew too much gum, it, it becomes a laxative. Yes. Because your body's expecting there to be food mm. and there isn't any. Yeah. Views on sexuality, what you've been waiting for. Oh, give me the creepy shit. Yeah. Do it. Both as a doctor and an Adventist. Ananan. Kellogg was an advocate of sexual abstinence. As a physician, Kellogg was well aware of the damaging impact of sexually transmissible diseases such as syphilis, which was incurable before the 1910s. Kellogg devoted large amounts of his educational and medical work to discouraging sexual activity on the basis of dangers both scientifically understood at the time, as in sexually transmissible diseases, and those taught by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Kellogg was an adherent of the teachings of Alan G. White and Sylvester Graham, uh, Graham, Graham, who inspired the creation of the Graham Cracker, oh. advocated keeping the diet plain to prevent sexual arousal. Kellogg's work on diet was influenced by the belief that a plain and healthy diet with only two meals a day, oh, that's <laughs> awful, <laughs> would reduce sexual feelings. Those experiencing temptation were to avoid stimulating food and drinks and eat very little meat. Yeah, any. it avoids avoid avoid. sexual te- temptation because you're so fucking hungry all the time. <laughs> I can't think and about you sex. Hate, you I'm hate so it. hungry. And not to mention not having caffeine and you don't want to have sex. You just want to kill people instead. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that because you haven't eaten, you have no fucking energy to have sex. <laughs> and all you can do is, is, is think about is food because you're so fucking hungry. <laughs> Like, yeah. fuck sex right now. I just yeah. want pizza. Literally, yeah. Warfare with passion. Tell us, this is in quotation work. Warfare with, with passion. passion. Kellogg warned that many types of sexual activity, including excesses, that couples could be guilty of within marriage were against nature <laughs> and therefore extremely unhealthy. He drew on the warnings of William Acton and expressed support for the work of his contemporary, Anthony Comstock. He appears to have followed his own advice. It is believed that his own marriage was never consummated. Kellogg was an especially zealous campaigner against masturbation. This was an orthodox view at the time, especially during the earlier part of his lifetime. Kellogg was able to draw upon many medical sources claims such as neither the plague nor war nor smallpox nor similar diseases have produced results so disastrous to humanity as the pernicious habit of onanism. 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 Is that what they called it back then? Is that what they called what? Masturbation. Is it? What does that word mean? Yeah, it is masturbation. Yeah. Correct. Onanism. Onanism. How do you spell that? O-N-A-N-I-S-M. Onanism. Okay. And you click on it and it takes you directly to the masturbation link yeah. to Wikipedia. Credited to one Dr. Adam Clark. Kellogg strongly warned against the habit in his own words, claiming of masturbation-related deaths. What? Oh, that makes for another good article, doesn't it? Masturbation-related deaths. deaths. Such as a victim literally dies by his own hand, among other condemnations. Condemnations. (laughs) He felt that masturbation destroyed not only physical and mental health, but moral health as well. Kellogg also believed the practice of this solitary vice, quotation marks, solitary vice, caused cancer of the womb, urinary diseases, (laughs) Fred's face is hilarious right now, (laughs) 
<laughs> let me see the solitary bias. Cause cats off the room, urinary diseases, nocturnal emissions, impotence, epilepsy, insanity, and mental and physical debility. Dimness of vision was only briefly mentioned. That's okay. dimness of vision. Yeah, because people say don't masturbate too much, yeah. it'll make you blind. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make you blind. But <laughs> but it sounds like the whole wandering womb thing again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because um, like who said that the wandering womb thing? I don't know, but so people used to think that um the reason women were hysteric oh, was right. because they had a wandering womb. Have you womb. seen the movie Hysteria? No. Oh, you gotta say it. it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, but yeah. like the whole like, hysteria thing is because your womb was wandering yeah. around. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, Kellogg thought that masturbation was the worst evil one could commit. He often referred to it as self-abuse. What? Yeah. Okay, so then Is we this go... This guy on. never had it, like... Well, he hasn't, obviously. A boner? No. Probably Ever? Not. Probably not. Maybe he really, couldn't... He has really bland food. Maybe he pussy. couldn't have a boner. Oh, maybe. If I can't have a boner, then no one can have a boner. <laughs> I must... I'm... Everyone else is not allowed to have boners. Everyone must suffer. Everyone must suffer and eat blind food and never have coffee. Because I can't have a boner. Correct. Maybe he would have thought differently in a world where um, the little blue pill existed. Mm. What's that called again? Viagra. Viagra. Right. It's like Valium, Prozac. No. Viagra. <laughs> All right, let's go on to his masturbation prevention. As a leader of the anti-masturbation movement, Kellogg promoted extreme measures to prevent masturbation. His methods for the rehabilitation of masturbators included measures up to the point of mutilation without anaesthetic on both sexes. Ooh, oh, okay, hang where, on. So this is why everything so far, I'm like, yeah, Kellogg, yeah, he's all right, he's all right. And then you get to the whole yeah, mutilation. Hang on, so he's pro-genetic genital mutilation. Let's read on. Um, he was an advocate of circumcising young boys to curb masturbation and applying carbolic acid to a young woman's clitoris. In his Ugh. plain facts for old and young, he wrote, and this is from that, a remedy which is almost always successful in small boys is circumcision, especially when there is any degree of phimosis. What's phimosis? With I'm not pH? sure. Should I click on click that? Click on it. What is phimosis? Phimosis. So that's P-H-I-M-O-S-I-S. Phimosis is a condition in which the foreskin of the penis cannot be pulled back past the glands. Okay, so when you have a non-circumcised penis, yeah. you need should be able to pull, pull it back, but you can't. But you sometimes, can't. and that's what that is medical reason to have a, a circumcision. circumcision. Well, that makes sense because you haven't got enough because it's there's too much skin and you can't pull it back. Yes, yeah, so yeah. therefore you can't clean it and yeah. you run the risk of getting urinary tract yeah. infections. That makes sense. All right, so that does make sense. The operation should be performed by a surgeon without administering a, an anaesthetic, as the brief pain attending the operation will have will have have a salutary effect upon the mind, especially if it be connected with the idea of punishment, as it may well be in some cases. The soreness, which continues for several weeks, interrupts the practice, and if it if it had not previously become too firmly fixed, it may be forgotten and not resumed. Further, a method of treatment to prevent masturbation and we have employed it with entire satisfaction. It consists in the application of one or more silver sutures in such a way as to prevent erection. Oh, what? The, prep the pre prepice or foreskin is drawn forward over the glands and the needle to which the wire is attached is passed from one side to the other. After drawing the wire through, the ends are twisted together and cut off close. 
it is now impossible for an erection to occur, and the slight irritation thus produced acts as a most powerful means of overcoming the disposition to resort to the practice. And, and in females, the author has found the application of pure carbolic acid to the clitoris an excellent means of allaying the abnormal excitement. He also recommended to prevent children from this solitary vice, bandaging or tying their hands. Yeah, I have heard of that. Covering their genitals with patent cages and electrical shock. In his Ladies' Guide in Health and Disease for Nymphomania, he recommended cool sits baths. What's a sit? S-I-T-Z. I mean, like salsa? Maybe. The cool... There's no link to that. Can you look up sits? What's it? How do you spell S-I-T-Z? S-I-T-Z. The cool enema. A spare diet, of course, spare of course. diet. The application of blisters and other irritants to the sensitive parts of the sexual organs and the removal of the clitoris and nymphae. So a sits bath or a hip bath is a bath in which a person sits in water up to the hips. It is used to relieve discomfort in or pain in the lower part of the body, for example, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, mm. perianal fistulas, rectal surgery, and epiostomy, mm. uterine cramps, cramps, uh, IBD, pronalinal cysts, and infections of the bladder, prostate, or vagina. I it, have those baths. They don't help me to It make works by keeping the affected area clean and increasing the blood flow. How would that stop from wanting to masturbate? Well, if the whole area was, well, maybe it has a numbing effect, or maybe it'll it, it does say cool. cool yeah, it'll have a up. numbing effect, I, yeah, sus- I, so. I suppose. Yeah. But, like... So, I don't really have an opinion about circumcisions that happen today. I don't really have an opinion about it. But I suppose if I had to think about it on an equal view between penises and vaginas, it would have to be on the same level as genital mutilation. And in that case, it shouldn't be done. No, it should unless unless there is a medical reason to do it, as Mm. in not being able to pull like pull pull, pull, pull full skin full skin back to be able to clean it effectively. Then, yeah, there is literally no yeah. reason to be doing that. And yeah, it should be likened to doing it to, um, to, to female circumcision as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand how he could think that all of this was normal because in reality what person didn't have sexual urges from a very young age well maybe he didn't and it was like yeah he was either jealous or like well if i can't get it up then no one can get it up or maybe it was the opposite maybe he just didn't understand what everyone else was going through maybe he he genuinely thought it was something you could control Mm. maybe he genuinely thought you can control sexual urges which for people who do have them. We know that's not always the case. Yeah. So later life, Kellogg would live for over 60 years after writing Plain Facts, that book that we got those quotes from. Whether he continued to teach the facts, quotation mark, in it is not quite entirely clear. Although it appears from the later books he wrote that he moved away from this subject matter. One source, taking a positive view of his nutritional and anti-smoking work, yeah, I agree with that, his nutritional yeah, stuff yeah. and anti-smoking stuff, um, suggests he dropped his obsession with the evils of sex around 1920, which would be consistent with the last edition of Plain Facts being apparently published in 19. 
1917, but another highly critical source maintains he never retracted his claims. He did continue to work on healthy eating advice and run the sanitarium, although this was hit by the Great Depression and had to be sold. He ran another institute in Florida which was popular throughout the rest of his life, although it was a distinct step down from from his Battle Creek Institute. Race Betterment Foundation. Oh God! Kellogg was—he was a a massive racist, wasn't he? Pretty sure. Kellogg was outspoken on his beliefs on race and segregation, though he himself raised several black foster children. In 1906, together with Irving Fisher and Charles Davenport, Kellogg founded the Race Betterment Foundation, which became a major centre of the new eugenics movement in America. Oh dear. Kellogg was in favour of racial segregation and believed that immigrants and non-whites would damage the gene pool. Oh my god. Oh, Kellogg. I don't like him. <laughs> relationship. He's an anti-sex eugenicist. Yep. Relationship with W.K. Kellogg, so his brother. Kellogg had a long personal and business split with his brother after fighting in court for the rights to cereal recipes. The Foundation for Economic Education Record records that the nonagenarian J.H. Kellogg, so once John Harvey Kellogg was in his 90s, prepared a letter seeking to reopen the relationship. His secretary decided her employer had demeaned himself in it and refused to send it. The younger Kellogg did not see it until after his brother's death. Wow, there you go. And then it's got a list of his selected publications, including the good old Plain Facts for Old and Young, from, uh, starting from first published in 1877. Do you want me to read the quote from that? Sure. So in quotes, self-abuse. After having duly considered the causes and effects of this terrible evil, the question next in order for consideration is, how shall it be cured? When a person <laughs> has, through ignorance or weakness, brought upon himself the terrible effects described, how shall he? How shall he find relief from his ills if restoration is possible to the answer of these inquiries most of the remaining pages of this work will be devoted but before entering upon a description of methods of cure a brief consideration of the subject of prevention of the habit will be in order sounds so methodical yeah 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 so like the whole like tying up kids hands or putting mittens on them or something the cold cage thing yeah no but that whole mittens thing just reminds me of um in melbourne there's a we have the melbourne museum there's Mm. a section about psychology and psychological history Mm. and in that it shows some devices that they they used to use in in psychiatric hospitals yeah that's right that is at the museum yeah and they have um like anti-masturbation gloves that's a thing yeah that's from that yeah, 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 anti-masturbation gloves because apparently they didn't know how to stop people from undergoing psychosis would make them un- involuntarily masturbate. Yeah, I mean that still happens now. Too. It does, yeah. but they don't put mas- they don't put gloves on them. No, no they just sedate them with drugs. I mean. <laughs> Um, other publications include 1888's Treatment for Self-Abuse and Its Effects, 1893 Ladies' Guide in Health and Disease. <laughs> I'd be interested to have a look at that one, actually. The Ladies' the Guide. Ladies guide the Ladies' Guide in Health guide. and Disease. 1880, 1886, 1899, The Home Handbook of Domestic Hygiene and Rational Medicine. 1903, Rational Hydrotherapy. Uh, 1910, Light Therapeutics. 1914, Needed, A New Human Race, Official Proceedings, Volume 1, Proceedings of the First National Conference on Race Betterment, Battle Creek, uh. Michigan. 
Better Rice Vitamin Foundation. Needed. A Needed. better human race? Yeah, a new human race. Uh, yeah. 1915. Health and efficiency. 1915. The eugenics reg- registry. Oh, no. Yeah. Eight, 1918. The itinerary of a breakfast. <laughs> that sounds like a silly book. Itinerary the itinerary of, of a breakfast. breakfast. Uh, eight, 1922. Auto intoxication or intestinal tox- toxim- toxemia. 1923, tobacco or how tobacco kills. 1927, new dietetics, a guide to scientific feeding in health and disease. 1929, art of massage, a practical manual for the nurse, the student and the practitioner. See also links to eugenics in the United States. (laughs) See, the thing that annoys me a little bit about this article is that it shows a lot about what he did as a doctor, Mm. right? It skims across his eugenics. There's it? like one little bit about it at the very, very end. He probably was a massive eugenicist. Yeah. And it's not mentioned. There's some weird, weird editing going on in your Wikipedia articles, Wikipedia. Yeah, I agree. It's not. Mm. There's like nothing in it other than a passing comment at the end, and, yeah. and then go back. Although he fostered two, yeah. some black children, like as if that makes it better. Yeah, yeah. The Wiki- Wikipedia is totally meant to be like completely impartial. Yeah, impartial. That's what. I'm Does it for. have a warning at the top of the page? No, because some articles that are con- con- that are either like their current affairs articles or their articles that are have been shown to have a lot of infighting in the article yeah. will sometimes have a, no. a warning at the top of the page. No, it does seem pretty tame considering all the stuff that we've heard about and read about. Kellogg, it's, yeah, including the part where it says, although he did adopt, you know. And some foster some black children. It's like, yeah. as if that makes it any better. Yeah. It doesn't, Shana, doesn't really make it any better. It does seem less impartial and more on, like, hey, Kellogg was just a good guy with some weird, weird views. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's definitely, pardon me, lots of links to further reading that you can do for yourself. Um, but then again, I do like how they go that he was an anti-anti-masturbation, but that wasn't unorthodox for his time which kind of puts it in context because in reality yeah that probably was quite common back then yeah being anti-masturbation yeah well yeah of course it was like i I know that people were sent to like lunatic asylums for being caught masturbating yeah yeah they go on that that time (laughs) you just need a more bland diet oh stop it feeding you too well I like so, my feeding and I like my masturbation. Um, All the rest of you look kind of fucker. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that was... It wasn't super dark. A little creepy, though. Maybe a little creepy. Like, Maybe just by, bit... eating, by eating by eating Kellogg's cornflakes, are we in turn, like, being, like, racism's okay? Or? Well, Kellogg himself isn't alive anymore. I know, but... You'd have to see what the... Where the is. money from Kellogg's cereal yeah. goes. Yeah. That's the true way. It's business. Like, I don't know. Are, don't we, know. are we then giving money to a business founded on racist beliefs? It wasn't... The, the, the cereal wasn't found to be... The cereal wasn't made for only white people. Well, like, I mean, it might have been. But it wasn't made to say the the awesome white people eat this type. It wasn't made for that reason. It was made to be bland so that you don't masturbate. That's <laughs> why it was made. Yeah, so I know. So give to your young boys so they don't do their solitary vice. 
Yeah, they're self-abuse. They're self-abuse. So, already on that right. Um, yeah, so that... Instead sorry of, it wasn't super dark. It was messed up. Let's call it's it pretty it's messed dark up. and messed up things. That's a pretty, yeah, messed up racist cereal making... Racist cereal making asshole. Um, things. And anti-caffeine. Fuck. And who the You're fuck now is the... gonna put yogurt up their butt? Yeah, like... like what the hell? Like, yeah, some of the things I I'm agree with... some yo play up Some my of ass. them I do not. Um, yeah, interesting though. I'm totally gonna stick some yo play up my ass. <laughs> Pardon <laughs> me while I go stick up some yalna up my butt. Um, go, yeah, go have your um, enema and some yo play. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks again to... I want, I want the strawberry flavoured yarn up my bum. Thanks. Maybe um, mango next week. <laughs> Alright, on that note. Uh, that's been Dark and Creepy Things. Another big thank you to our ongoing patrons. Bitten by the bug. Thanks, Mum. Um, Francis. And, and Maya Myers. Maya Myers slash h Alrighty then. Alrighty then. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.